Welcome to the podcast, Think Biblically, Conversations on Faith and Culture. I'm your host, Scott Ray, Dean of Faculty and Professor of Christian Ethics at Talbot School of Theology, Biola University. We're here for part two of our conversation that we had last time with my friend, Dr. John Townsend, New York Times bestselling author of of 30 now make this 31 books, over 10 million copies in print, leadership expert, clinical psychologist, uh, director of the Townsend Institute for Leadership and Counseling at Concordia University, Irvine, and director of the Townsend Leadership Group. The Institute at Concordia is more the academic arm, and the Townsend Leadership Group is the more professional uh, arm that deals with executives and companies in, uh, around the country. So, John, thank you for agreeing to be with us on part two as we talk about your new book coming out here soon called People Fuel. And again, the, the big idea of the book is what in one sentence? We are as healthy and successful as the people we let in our lives. Okay. And we've, we spent a lot of time in, the, in our first segment on this talking about the the, the way you frame this as around a growth tree, and you find that fruit doesn't doesn't necessarily produce itself by by working harder or putting more effort into things. It's as we take in the proper relational nutrients into our root system that we actually find we have the growth that we need both personally and professionally. So t- tell us, let's go, let's take this a little bit further. Once we've once we frame this correctly around the growth tree. You've developed in the book the concept of relational nutrients. Okay? What do you mean by those, and what, what are those, and how can we use those in our lives? Simply put, Scott, they're a lot like bio-nutrients. Now, we're all trying to be healthy these days, and we're all taking you know, supplements and eating right, and hopefully we are. And, and the way the bio-nutrients work is they keep us healthy and keep us from getting unhealthy. For example, if you don't have enough calcium in your system, you're going to have bone problems like osteoporosis. If you don't have enough iron in your bloodstream, you're going to have problems like uh, anemia. So in the same way, the concept of relational nutrients is that we need to take certain elements that I, I have in the model from each other to keep us healthy, that we give to them and they give to us the right people. And instead of it taking it in a capsule or a pill, they come through conversations from brain to brain and mind to mind. So if we don't have enough of those coming in our system from the right kind of conversations, whether that be phone calls or face-to-face or texting or whatever, it doesn't matter. If we don't have enough of those, we suffer in terms of energy, creativity, focus, resilience, and those sorts of things. So. The model of relational nutrients, there are, I've kind of discovered, I've been working on this for years. I've discovered about, my number is 22 over overall. But to keep it easy to remember, I have them organized into four quadrants, four categories, so that they're easy to understand. Can I, can I go into that? Sure. Yeah, I wish, okay. I wish we could put a whiteboard up for our listeners, but this is, <laughs> this is audio only. Uh, but right. paint, paint the picture as best you can. Okay, it's, it's whiteboard time, right. Um, quadrant one is to be present. And what does be present mean? Well, it means shut up and listen for once. I mean, there are so many <laughs> don't, passages. Don't, don't sugarcoat that, uh, it now. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I just see so much of this. Is, is There's something about our faith that people like to give advice more than they like to listen. And the Bible has so many things to, to say that are negative about that. Here, here. Like when you think about in, in Job— you know, the only good thing his three buddies did is it says in 
the early part, I think either chapter four or six, it says they sat with him seven days and nights and did not speak a word to him for they knew his grief was very great. Sometimes all a person needs is that for us to, is to accept them like they are, give them attunement, tune into their feelings and their experience, validate their experience and just say, hey, you're normal. Identify with them and say, I've struggled too. Not a lot of real advice, but we are built that we don't really take in truth and advice and principles from somebody that doesn't understand us. So be present means be with me. Be, I call it being in the well. Be in the well with me. And then some people say, hey, you know what? You understood. I don't need your advice. I know what I need to do. I was just empty. Thanks a lot. I need to go on my way. That's how powerful be present is. Women tend to be much better at that than us men. And we need men need to work harder on that. Um, the second one is convey the good. Sometimes people just need to pick them up a little bit. They need a little shot of encouragement, sort of a relational Prozac. You need things like uh, respect. Hey, I respect you even though you're having a hard time. Give people hope. Encourage them. Affirm the good. You know, when somebody says, hey, I noticed how hard you worked on that project and I really appreciate that, that'll make somebody's day. And so conveying the good just means Sometimes I believe in you right now, even though you're not believing in yourself. I'm there for you. Now, the third one is called con uh, deliver reality or provide reality, meaning sometimes we need more than presence and we need more than encouragement. We need truth. We need somebody to give us information that we don't possess. Like, can you give me insight and perspective? Like, I'm a real big fan of Simon Sinek's uh, why, why TED Talks, The Power of Why. Somebody will help us work through the why of a, of a business problem, of a spiritual problem, of a theological problem, of a, a financial problem, of a, of a family problem. We need, we need feedback and wisdom and just really good, complicated truths from people. And then the fourth uh, quadrant is call to action. Because at the end of it, successful people are acting right. They're behaving correctly. And that might mean some advice and, or some structure or read this book or go to this conference or here's a plan or here's a path. And what you find is you got to know the people you're with in your life well enough to know what they need. And if you give them the wrong thing, it doesn't do them any good. Like the classic marriage, you know, where you get home and, and you and your, it's supposed to be a, a husband and uh, talking to the wife and, and, and his wife says, oh, I had a crummy day. The kids were nuts. And then I banged up the car and my job didn't go well. And the husband says, Okay, the first thing you need to do, you need to discipline that child. Secondly, um, you really need to drive better. No, well, that just that is not a good night for anybody. Right. Be because she wanted presence, and he that was quadrant one, but he gave her call to action, which is quadrant four. So it gives you a structure to think, what does this person in my life need? I have people like just bring the card out and think what am because I'm, I don't know what they need. And they look for the 22 and they go, that's what they need. But even more, Scott, that model is for us as well. Because like we said earlier in our last, our last conversation, I can't give what I don't possess. So when I wake up in the morning, I think, okay, good morning, Lord. What do I need to like follow you today? Well, maybe I need some advice. Maybe I need to talk to somebody about some wisdom. Maybe I just need somebody to tell me I'm a nice guy. So it helps us to be practical about what nutrients I need to grow and what nutrients the people in my life need to grow. So I, I, I don't want I don't want to give away you know everything in the book, but uh, I think it might be helpful to our listeners to take take one quadrant yeah. and and 
briefly spell out what the nutrients are from that one particular quadrant. And just and, and, um, and go go into a little bit more detail about some of the specific nutrients sure. that uh, that people need. All right, let's let's start with quadrant one because a lot of times for leaders that's the most challenging. Um, acceptance, connect with me without judgment. In other words, hey, I know you messed up at work or you weren't a great spouse today or this week or you 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 know you had some failure. I'm your friend and I know you messed up and I want to help. I accept you. The second uh, relational nutrient of, of being present is attunement. Attunement is being able to follow somebody's feelings. There, because in a conversation, with sometimes some, a person can be discouraged, then they can be happy, then they can be angry. I mean, we have God made us very, very complicated people. So attunement means to follow what somebody's feeling so they don't feel alone. They don't feel up by themselves. The third one is validation means your experience is important to me. You ever had somebody when you were kind of challenged, some kind of a uber coach person say, well, get over it. Well, that is such helpful information, you know. <laughs> we don't yeah. need that. We need somebody. It's, it's, it's like somebody saying, you know, your opinion is not important. Somebody needs to validate. Even if I disagree with your, your opinion is important. The fourth one's identification. Hey, I've struggled too. I've struggled mm-hmm. too financially or, or in my self-care or in my marriage or my dating relationship. I get it. The fifth one is containment. And containment is a great relational nutrient because it means you can vent with me and I'm not going to freak out. You can just, you don't have to edit what you're saying. You can't be verbally abusive or anything, but you can, you can just throw it out there and we'll, we'll make sense of it. And just don't worry about saying it the right way to me. You know, I love, that's why I love the Psalms because David yeah. vents to God all the time. Hey, I'm, I'm the king, but I live in a cave. What are you doing? Are you still there? <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the guy that's not the king is trying to kill me. And he never, he never edits with God and he praises God that's at the right. same time because he knew that God was strong enough to contain him. And then the, the last one is comfort. Uh, People need to be comforted when they have a loss, financial loss, relational loss, emotional loss. Somebody just be with them, say, I'm on your side. That's being present. So that, that quadrant has those six nutrients in it. That's, that's really helpful. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the details on that. And I think you, for our listeners, they should be aware that the, the book spells out each quadrant in that kind of detail. Uh, and it's really helpful stuff. And I think, you, you know, the idea that, you know, that I could, I could look at these different nutrients and, and, you know, at the beginning of my day, think, well, what, what do I need today uh, as a really helpful exercise? Now, John, let me go. Well, we, also yeah. now, we also now have a, 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 a website for a free copy of a card that, with the nutrients on it for people that want to put it on their smartphone because so, so many of us are digitally based. It's called, I mean, basically it's just called relationalnutrients.com. You just go to it, Terrific. and there's the 22 with the descriptions and the quadrants. You can either print it out for your refrigerator, or you can just put it on your smartphone to go. What do they need? What do I need? So that's that's a freebie there. Sweet. Give the give the web address one more time. Relationalnutrients.com. One word. Sweet. Relational nutrients. Sweet. Hey, now, John, let me, let me go uh, somewhere theologically here, because um, I suspect that that there are a lot of a lot of our listeners may have this view. Uh, you know, you you're saying in the book that God actually designed our needs to be to be what they are. But but I thought I thought that, and I think a lot of our listeners might think that most of our needs were the result of the general entrance of sin, and they're because of our own brokenness. Um, 
but I hear you saying something a little different in the book. Am I reading that correctly? And if so, how do you, how do, how do you put those two together? Well, I can't find a Bible verse that says that needs are the result of sin. I see a lot of Bible verses that say problems are the result of sin, like relational problems, like addictions, like uh, uh, impulse problems, uh, people who are too angry, uh, depression. Now, those are problems that are the result of sin. Mm-hmm. But I think had, had we, we never had the fall, we would still need support from each other. We would still need to know that others love us. Because the, the key to this is God, theologically speaking, God created a system in which the vertical relationship with him is not enough. He did that. He said it's not good that man be alone. In a perfect universe, Genesis 2. Yeah, Adam said, connected with God. Good, yeah, he, he had all of God. And he right. had this wonderful world with no sin. And God says, there's a not good here. Now, how do we make sense of that? That's just a long, long conversation. But it means that he created a system where the horizontal had to be part of it also. And you know what else? That's not a marriage passage. And when we preach it, we shouldn't right. preach it as a marriage passage. Because it's about relationship. We can be a person can be a happy single if they've got enough great people in their life. They can be a happy marriage. But it's really about the fact that the vertical that God created, God also said, I'm gonna put another need in you that's also for the horizontal. Okay, so so maybe maybe just to be clear, how are you how are you defining what a need is? If it's not something that's a result of the entrance of sin, and not and so, so that we're clear that we distinguish that from a problem that is the result of the entrance of sin. Well, let me let me. I'm looking at the quadrants card while we're talking. Okay, and some of them are are related to sin because, like, look at comfort. Had there been no had there been no sin, there'd be no need for comfort, right? Because there'd be another losses to comfort. Right. So probably not every one of the 22 is a Genesis 2 only. <laughs> um, acceptance, no, we wouldn't need that either because of the judgment. But attunement, I think we need to be aware of what each other is experiencing and respond to it, whether there's sin or not. For example, mm-hmm. somebody says, um, I... And I'm going to do a non-sin conversation for our idealistic sort of purposes. And somebody goes, um, gosh, I had a great time in the movie. It was really a good movie. And the other person says, um, I'm hungry. And the first person says, I'd like to talk about what I thought about the movie. The other person says, I think I'd like a hamburger. <laughs> somebody needs to say, I think you need to listen to me. Yeah. So that's not a need based on sin. It's like, I just need to know you like me and you're listening to me. That's not based on sin. And would we need quadrant three? Would we need feedback? I I would need feedback. I I don't think I would go through life in a perfect universe without wisdom and feedback. I think those are wonderful things. I always would love structure and advice. And I love to, and I would love to have um, um, affirmation. I think that like quadrant two affirmation, I would love to know in a sinless world that I'm doing a good job. Can you imagine telling, uh, let's suppose you're raising kids and you got a five-year-old kid and you say to your kid, you know, these needs you have are just based on sin. So, you know, we're going to kind of ignore them. So 
um, the kid like hits a home run and the parent goes, well, all you need is God. You don't need me to tell you a great kid. Just go to your father. Well, dad. And was that need for, for the yeah, dad to yeah. say, I'm so proud of you. Was that based on sin? No, it's just because of the way God made us. Just the way, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I can see some, some of the, some of we have needs because we have limits. There you but, go. but that's just because we're human beings, not because we're sinners. Right. Um, there you go. Because God's limit, God's limitless, so He doesn't have needs. He self is this, He has His own aseity. But yeah, we have limits, and so since we're not, we got to get good stuff from God to keep our engine running, and good stuff from people to get our engine running. Okay, let me take this a, a little bit further. Step stepping out of the explicitly theological realm for a minute. You know, we've we've both been around. Some people, they don't have any trouble asking for their needs to be met. Um, those, those are the people that, that, uh, that sometimes make me nervous. Um, others, <laughs> you know, others will never ask. And I guess mm -hmm. those are the people that should make us nervous but don't. Um, mm -hmm. what, what it, I mean, I, I know there's some interpersonal dynamics that keep us from asking for our needs to be met. But are there, are there other things that are maybe more culture-wide that encourage us not to ask for our needs to be met? I think the big one is shame. Um, most people that, you know, have accomplished some things and they have a pretty decent life, to get where they got to get, they had a certain, have a, unfortunately, they had to have a certain amount of shame but kind of, kind of like as a goad to keep them going. And so for them, they, they only feel normal when they are successful and they feel very embarrassed and humiliated when they're not successful. So instead of calling a friend and saying, I'm really down, can we go out and talk about this? They don't want to show that because they don't want to feel like they're going to be rejected or put down. They just kind of shut down. Maybe they say a Bible verse or two, play with their dog, and they work harder. And they, like I said, they die earlier. Um, so the, the number one thing I see in, in, in high-performing people is a lot of shame. And the, the funny thing is, Scott, is when I finally get these people to open up, like the Bible says, to the, to the good people in their life, they'll say, this is amazing. I thought that I would be rejected. I thought that, you know, they would say, you know, I thought you're, you're a sham or you're a fraud. They said, yeah. the, person, the, the person will say to them, I am so happy that you brought me into your life. I feel like you give to everybody and you give to me. And here you are saying you need support too. Man, I'm there for you. And they're, they're blown away by how it's not really that way. I, yeah, I, can, I see we have, you know, we have students here who are, who are from what I would call more traditional honor-shame cultures where you, mm -hmm. see, where you see that really playing out. Uh, it's very yeah. hard. It's just, you know, it's just not, there's just not something that's talked about openly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we we uh, you 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 also talk about uh, seven types of relationship the ga the gains and drains relationships. <laughs> I mean that, that's a really important concept, and being able to tell the difference between those two is a really critical skill. Uh, tell tell us about those types of relationships and and how you how you distinguish between those two. Uh, and and focus on the gains and avoid the drains. Well, the model is seven C's, like the letter C for alliterative purposes. 
And it starts from the highest level of nutrient-rich, rich, nutrient-rich, if you think about the relational nutrients of who can give us the best quality down to the lower level. So you can kind of find out how balanced am I in my relationships. So the top level is coaches. That C is coaches. And coaches are those people who are our mentors, guides, disciples, kind of our Yoda figures, therapists, spiritual directors, but people who give to us and it's all about us. Like I have several coaches in my life for various things. I've got, you know, I've got a, a whole life coach who helps me. I've got a spiritual coach. I've got a, a, a workout coach. I know I should probably fire him, but, um, uh, <laughs> well, let's not go there. <laughs> so, so the, the, the great things about a coach, Scott, is that number one, they, they're SMEs, they're subject matter experts. They have, in, they, they've spent their Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours doing something we don't have the time to do. I don't have to study, I don't have the time to study the molecular biology of my body. I don't have time to study, I don't have time to go get a, um, an extra degree, but I want somebody who really knows their craft. And I feel like I'm in the hands of somebody that's put the time in. And the, and the other aspect is a coach doesn't have a need for you. you they don't have to be your BFF. Right. That's what a friend is for a coach. When I call my coach for my sessions, I don't spend half of my 30 my, of my 60 minutes with, I don't spend 30 minutes saying, so how was your vacation? How was the family? I just say hello. And they say hello. And I go, it's all about me. <laughs> just I get I, I, I just get out whatever their expertise is. So it's a very nutrient rich environment. I coach people with the same formality. I tell people if I'm your coach, I don't have to be your friend. Don't worry about my life. I'm okay. Let's talk about you. And it's a great environment. So that's number one. Number two. By the way, and coaches were finding out if you read Harvard Business Review, coaches are bringing three to four x the money that we spend on them. So if you spend X amount of money, you'll get three to four times that back every year. That's just how, how important it is. Um, number two is comrades. And comrades comes from the idea of, you know, battle and comrades in arms and supporting each other. And that's where the life team con concept comes in. People that I want around my life that they're mutual. It's not like a coach and a coachee. It's people that they're growing and I'm growing and hash out ideas and care about each other, pray for each other and be very vulnerable with each other. Those are those people we talked about with the life team, and they're a very high source because when I know when I'm going to have my text or phone call or dinner with them, I'm going to come away growing, and they're going to come away growing. Very important. Third level is what I call um, casuals, and those are sort of your your acquaintances in your life, maybe your neighbor or somebody you, you met at your kid's soccer event or somebody you go to church with, you maybe have lunch with every couple of months, and they're not really into growth, but they're just a nice person. And there's you know, kind of a nice stop and smell the roses person. I've got lots of acquaintances and, and casuals. And they're also a really good farm team for guess what? For comrades, mm -hmm. because you can spend some time with a casual and start thinking, you know, I love their values, great chemistry. They're truthful. They, they're vulnerable. They, you can might recruit them to that. So I just, it's really good to have some casual stop and smell the roses friends. They're a good source. The fourth one is colleagues, and colleagues is because we spend, you know, so much time at work. Work's a big part of our life. And so all the research on great colleagues is they've got to be, A, competent. They've got to know their craft. B, they've got to work well on teams. And C, they've got to be relational. And so if you've got a great – you can't always pick your colleagues. You know, sometimes your the colleagues are given to you. But as much as possible, surround yourself with very high-quality colleagues with those three characteristics. The fifth level – it's what's called care, C-A-R-E, care, meaning that God calls us biblically to give back. We're supposed to give back. We're supposed to 
help people, you know, build uh, water wells in developing countries. We're supposed to help sex trafficking. We're supposed to help the marginalized. We're supposed to share Christ with people. We're supposed to help people who maybe need mentoring as a young professional who never really, you know, made it. And we're to reach out to them with no, with no um, thought about being paid or anything. The only recompense we get is a thank you. And think about all the times. I mean, I'm on boards and stuff, and you are too, and we've, right. we've helped out people. And you're coming away from that meeting, and you think, gosh, why am I not doing it again? Why am I doing that more? I just love it because God put in our neuropsych again, God put a hormone in our body that makes us feel so great when we give to people that we want to care more. So care is a really good thing. And then the next one is chronics. Now we're going to a less nutrient level. Chronics are those people who, well, you know, I'm originally from the South. We've been, Barbie and I raised the kids in California, but I'm originally from North Carolina. And we had a, a group of people we used to call bless their heart. <laughs> and bless their heart means they're sort of a hot mess. <laughs> and th- those are those people that they always have a business struggle, a financial struggle, a marriage struggle, a kid struggle, a everything struggle. And, you know, bless their heart. You want to help them out. So, you, you know, you, you skip occasions with your spouse or with your friends or whatever. And you're trying to disciple them and have all those lunches at Starbucks. And you're giving advice and praying with them and bless their heart. They have what psychologists call a flat learning curve. <laughs> they just don't ever change and they just keep making the same screw ups in their life. And you're, you're, you're beating your head against it. And we spend so much time with those folks and you start to find out they're not there. You're not helping them because they want to grow. You're helping them because they just think you're a nice person. They feel good around you. But as soon as you walk out the door and you think you've changed their life, they just go back to making their big mistakes again God bless them. They're just chronics. And one, maybe maybe one day they'll stop having flat learning curve, but we spend oodles of time in people that don't. And then the last C is, is the, really the darkest of all, which is contaminants. And contaminants, unfortunately, there are not only foolish people like chronics in the world, they're evil people. The Bible says there's evil people. And they seek to kill and destroy. And they, they don't like successful people, and they try to ruin your organization and your family and your marriage and you. And you you got to set very firm boundaries and limits around those people so they don't, you know, take you down. And so when I show that that principle of those seven C's to, to people, they look at it, and the first thing they say is, goodness gracious, I'm bottom heavy. Yeah. They don't mean that. Yeah. They don't mean it physically. They mean I am out of balance here. I've got so I'm on so many boards. I'm discipling so many people. Look at the chronics I'm dealing with. I got a couple of contaminants, but I have very few coaches and comrades. And so my job when I'm working with executives is to say, let's go from bottom heavy to right size. We've got to build up your coaches and comrades, the quality of your nutrients and pare down and prune down the other three at the bottom. And that's what a healthy life is like. Well, that, I mean, I think those seven types of relationships, that's worth the price of the whole book there. That's just incredibly insightful. And I think the way you describe that, I, it, it doesn't, I don't think it's too difficult to sort out, you know, who, who in your life fits into which category. Um, there may be some gray areas between some categories, but I mm-hmm. think in general, 
you know, our, intu our intuitions tell us that we could probably identify the gains and drains pretty mm -hmm. easily in our life. You found, have you found that to be true? Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is now that I, I've been teaching this for a couple of years in preparation for the book, I'll take somebody through it. Or I'll take a, you know, an executive team or whatever. And the first thing they'll say after they say I'm bottom heavy, that's what everybody says that. But the first thing after that is they'll look at level six and they go, Oh my goodness. I am addicted to a bunch of chronics. It's my fault. <laughs> I, I'm throwing all my wisdom and thought and energy and that flat learning curve is producing no fruit. And it's kind of, that's the big aha, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Let me, let me ask you, John, one, one last question here. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like our listeners have gotten in these, in this session and the one in part one before it, we just gotten a, a whole lot of really good information, super practical, very biblically grounded, well-framed theologically, uh, but it's been a, a bit like drinking water out of a fire hydrant. Uh, there's just there's mm. so much good stuff. That's why I so encourage our, our listeners to get a hold of the book People Fuel uh, by Dr. John Townsend. But tell our listeners one, one practical application that we can make in the next 24 hours after, of, after hearing this that can make our lives and relationships work better. Recruit one person for that first lunch for your life team. Go through that list, go through micro. If you got, if you got nobody in your life that you think really gives to you, except for God and your dog and your spouse, go to that Microsoft outlook contact. It works every time and spend about an hour and get those 20 people and then call them for lunch. They probably need this as much as you do. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, that's so important to get, the, to get that life team established and, that's, that's such a helpful piece of practical advice to get off the dime and do it. It's just, it's just a phone call and just lunch or coffee, uh, and then mm -hmm. you, you go from there. And I th I, I'll mm -hmm. bet, I, I would bet, I'd bet our listeners, to, to, if, they if they took you to the test on this, I think they would, they would also find that the majority of the people that they contact would have the same response as, oh, my gosh, I need this too in my life. Yep. I, got, I don't have anybody I can really go deep with. And this is really nice that I've got somebody who accepts me who will challenge me when I need it. Let's enter the God's growth process together. Here, here. John, thank you so much for taking the time in these, in these two sessions to tell us about your book, to, to unpack it for us, to give. This, was, this is a great teaser because uh, I, I, I hope all of our listeners get a chance to get hold of your book uh, called People Fuel. Uh, published by Zondervan, correct? Yes. Is, is that right? Uh, People Fuel. Yep. Uh, great stuff. Uh, so grateful. Thanks for your friendship uh, and for being willing to come on and talk about this. Uh, these, have, these have been two incredibly helpful sessions for us. So thanks very much, friend. Thank you, Scott. And just thanks for faithfully thinking theologically through helping people look at the lens of what God is about in our entire world and all you've done over the years. Well, I appreciate that. This has been an episode of the podcast, Think Biblically, Conversations on Faith and Culture. To learn more about us and today's guest, Dr. John Townsend, and to find more episodes, go to biola.edu forward slash think biblically. It's biola.edu forward slash think biblically. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, with part two and in part one as well, give us a rating on your podcast app and share it with a friend. 
Thanks so much for listening. And remember, think biblically about everything. <laughs>